This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins from my Bible Training Center, Nigeria. The Word of God says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And we saw that poverty is not a blessing. It's part of the consequences for breaking God's law. And we also saw that God wanted his servants in the Old Covenant he wanted them rich. Now, if God wants his servants rich, he sure doesn't want his sons poor. Amen. We saw that. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. We saw that the chastisement, the punishment that brought us shalom was upon Jesus. And through the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, prosperity became ours. Now, we also said this, that rich doesn't mean being millionaires. Rich just means a full supply. It means abundant provision. So God wants our needs met. He wants our wants supplied. He wants us to have so that we can be generous towards the gospel, towards the cause of Christ. So it's his will that we prosper. Then we went ahead to look at qualifications for prosperity. Prosperity doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall on us fall on our laps, you know, like ma ripe mangoes will fall off a mango tree. No. There are things we do. There is a Godward side, there is a manward side. Amen. There are things we do to qualify ourselves for prosperity God's way. We said, number one, we need to esteem earthly things lightly. Put first things first. Value spiritual things. Give the word of God first place in our lives. Then we said, number two, we need to be willing and obedient. Willing to do whatever God wants us to do and actually do it. Do it out of a willing heart and a ready mind. Amen. What God has revealed to us in his word, in our spirits, his plans, his purposes for our lives. Amen. And then we also saw, thirdly, that we need to renew our thinking to think in line with God's word. What you think determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you say. And our words dominate us. So God wants us to think in line with his word. Now, we want to look right now in this hour at our authority. Our authority in the area of finances. Our authority in the area of finances. Do we have any authority where this is concerned? Are we just at the mercy of the devil? Let's see what God's word has to say, you know, about the authority the believer has in the area of finances. Turn with me to the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And um, the very first verse says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So yes, he created. He's the creator. Now, if we get down to verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us, Elohim actually, where it says God, so the Godhead, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. 
male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. So we see here that God made his man and put his man in Eden. Told him to dress it. Told him to keep it. He gave Adam dominion over all the works of his hands. In one sense of the word, Adam originally was the God of this world. Small g God. He had dominion. He called the shots. He was in charge. He was in charge. You see, all the wealth on this earth, and there's enough wealth on the earth to go round. All the wealth. God put wealth here. God put all, he put stuff here. Amen. But who did he make those things for? For Adam. For his man, Adam. You see, Psalm 24, verse 1. The Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. In Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? It says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now the word angels there is the same word for God in Genesis 1.26. Thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. See, God made man as much like himself as he could make a being. God made Adam just a shade lower than himself. <laughs> thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. It says, Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. So Adam had dominion. Adam called the shots. Adam was in charge of all the stuff, of all the wealth that was on the earth. It was all put there for Adam and his descendants for their use. Are you listening? But we know what happened. Adam committed high treason. He disobeyed God. God had told him, you may eat of all the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, in dying you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. Adam did just that, and he got separated from God. And then Satan became the God of this world. Are you listening? Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. The Bible says there that the silver is mine, the gold is mine. So all the gold on this earth actually belongs to God. All the silver on this earth actually belongs to God. All the oil on this earth actually belongs to God. All the uh, precious minerals on this earth all of that stuff belongs to God. In Psalm 50, verse 10, God said that the cattle on a thousand hills are his. Then in verse 12, he said, if you were hungry, he won't ask us. Because everything belongs to him. Now, everything belongs to God from the standpoint of God being the owner. God was the owner, is the owner, will always be the owner. But you see, God now gave dominion over the earth to Adam. Now, Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, is servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. 
Whoever you obey, you're going to be that person's subject. Adam chose to obey the devil. And then he became the devil's subject. And then he became a servant of Satan. He became a servant of sin. And since the devil became man's spiritual father, as well as man's lord, the do dominion that Adam had, the devil took a hold of it. Because he's the lord now. Adam has bowed the knee to the devil. And since the devil is now man's lord, he just took the dominion from Adam. Adam delivered it to him. Amen. And that's how Satan became the god of this world. Not because he owns it. God still owns it. But God gave dominion over it to Adam, which Adam turned over to Satan. And so Satan is the one wielding that dominion. Let, let's look at one scripture, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. But that's not the end of the story. You know, something happened. Luke chapter 4. But before we look at what happened, let's see this clearly like we should. Verse 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2 says, Being 40 days, what's the next word? Tempted. Tempted of the devil. So he was tempted. Now, let's look at one of those temptations. Verse 5. At least the Bible calls it temptation. Verse 5 of Luke 4. It says, And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. Now, the word for power here is exousia. Exousia actually could be better translated dominion, authority. All this authority, this is the devil speaking, and he's talking to Jesus. All this authority will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Who delivered it? Adam. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, some people have said that when the devil said that, he was just being the liar that he is. Now, I know the devil is a liar, right? The Bible tells us that. Jesus himself told us the devil is a liar. John 8, 44, he's a liar. But you see, the Bible calls it a temptation. The Bible says it was a temptation. If the devil didn't have that dominion to offer Jesus, it wasn't a temptation. But the Bible says it was a temptation. And now, if the devil did not have that dominion, Jesus would have known so. And Jesus would have corrected the devil and told him, no, you don't have the dominion. But you notice, Jesus did not contest Satan's claim. Why? It was the truth. I know he's a liar, but you see that one he said, he had it. <laughs> that wasn't a lie. That was a fact. He had that dominion. Who gave him? Adam did. So that's how Satan became the god of this world. And that's why you notice that there is an intelligence that wants to keep Christians broke. There is. You know, sometimes when people talk about prosperity and it's all from the standpoint of uh, natural principles. Yeah, there are natural principles and there are principles that work universally. But let me tell you something. There's also a devil. Everybody may be doing it. The unbeliever may be doing it. When is your turn to do it? Then that's when one thing that happens only once in a thousand 
you know, could just happen, naturally speaking. Because there's a supernatural devil that is intelligent. He knows if money comes into your hands, you're going to look good. God is going to look good. The money will get into the hands of the church. The money will go towards financing the gospel. And then more people will be reached. And then the lost, the nations, the tribes that haven't heard will hear. And then the end is going to come. And he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want the lost saved. He doesn't want the work of God to progress. So he doesn't want money in your hands. Because all things being equal, if you're a Christian with the right heart, if money is in your hands, it's going to go towards the gospel. He doesn't want that to happen. He's the of righteousness. The devil is not our friend. The devil is not working for us. The devil doesn't want the gospel to spread. And that's it. That's the issue. That's the issue. So you see, he wants you broke. That's just a fact. He wants you poor. That's just a fact. The devil doesn't like your guts. He doesn't want you to have money. He doesn't want money in your hands. Yeah. He knows also that if you're looking good, it makes God look good. That his children are doing fine. And he doesn't want his children to do fine. But you know what? The good news is that, you see, that Adam was only the first Adam. There was a second Adam. Who also happens to be the last Adam. And through his vicarious sacrifice, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he not only redeemed us from the cause of poverty, he actually defeated the devil. He actually stripped the devil of that authority that Adam gave him and gave that authority back to us in Christ through the use of the name of Jesus. Let's look. Sometimes we quote these scriptures and we just do people an injustice quoting them. But let's look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. In verse 15, the Bible says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this same devil, this same intelligence that's trying to keep sources from coming to the church, that's trying to keep money from coming to you, that's trying to keep you broke. It's the devil who's behind that. Jesus met the devil in the devil's domain and he defeated him. One translation says, and having stripped principalities and powers, what did he strip them of? Of that authority. Of that authority. See, we need to see this in our spirits and we need to see it clearly. In Ephesians chapter 1, you know, Paul in praying for the saints at Ephesus and their prayers, every Christian should pray for himself as well as for other Christians. From verse 19, he said, and what is the exceeding greatness of God's power, of his power to us, towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God, wrought or walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. 
and he has put all things under his feet. Talking about all them forces of hell. And he gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church. Or if you like, for the benefit of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that feeleth all in all. You see, Jesus defeated the devil. When he rose from the dead, he said, all hail. And in verse 18 of Matthew 28, he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And then he turned around and delegated the authority to the church. And he said to us, folks, go therefore. Because all authority is given to me. Go with my authority. See, Colossians chapter 1, from verse 12. The Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet. Or if you like, who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. It says, who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14 says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. You see, we have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion. God our Father has qualified us to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. Amen. And part of that inheritance is redemption from poverty. Part of that inheritance is material and financial prosperity. That's part of the inheritance. That's part of what is ours in Christ Jesus. Amen. When we got saved, God delivered us from out of the control and dominion, the Bible puts it, of darkness. He drew up unto himself. Are you listening? So darkness, the devil, his kingdom, all that stuff, you see, the devil doesn't have dominion over us anymore. He doesn't have authority over us anymore. We're not in his kingdom anymore. He can't lord it over us with lack anymore. He can't lord it over us with poverty anymore. Because we're not in his family anymore. We're in a different kingdom. We have a new lord. We have a new master. See, the devil doesn't have any more authority over you than he does over Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. See, once upon a time, the devil was our Lord, but not anymore. We are his masters now. First John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. And have overcome them. See, we have overcome the devil. We have overcome his forces. Why have we overcome them? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is the one in us? Jesus, Colossians 1.27 says Christ in you the hope of glory. Jesus Christ in the person and power of the Holy Spirit dwells in us today. And he defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. See, that person that wants you poor, that person that's trying to keep money from coming to you, that person that doesn't want you to get the job, that doesn't want the good things of life to come your way, that doesn't want your needs met, doesn't want your wants supplied, there is a person who's walking behind the scenes to do that and he has been defeated. He has been defeated. He has been unseated. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. The Bible says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, talking about Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death 
he might destroy him that had the power of death. Talking about spiritual death. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, we have been delivered from that fear of death. That fear of the dominion of the devil. And the devil has been destroyed. The devil has been destroyed. The devil has been paralyzed. He has been paralyzed. He has been paralyzed. Where your finances are concerned, the devil has been paralyzed. He has. It's a fact. It's a fact. 1 Corinthians 2.6. The Bible says, How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That word means mature. Not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Jesus has brought the devil to nothing. Jesus has reduced the devil to nothing. As far as you are concerned, the devil is nothing. He's a nobody. Jesus has reduced him to nothing. As far as your finances are concerned, he is nothing. As long as your economy is concerned, the devil is nothing. As, long as, your, as far as your bank account, the provision of your needs is concerned, he's nothing. He's nothing. He has been reduced to nothing. You see, we need to see that very well in our spirits. That authority that Adam delivered to him, Jesus got it back. And Jesus delegated it to the church. As a believer in Christ now, we are no longer under the devil's dominion. The situation now is that the devil is under our dominion because we have the name of Jesus. Amen. So you see, we have authority in the area of finances. We have authority when it comes to getting our needs met. We have authority when it comes to getting our wants supplied. We have authority when it comes to getting ahead materially and financially. There's more to prosperity than meets the eye. Have you heard about blood money? Heard about people that do rituals? People that do stuff? Yeah. There's the supernatural. Let me tell you something. Real wealth. Real wealth. See, God wants money to come to the church. And the reason is simple. Because of the gospel. Because the gospel needs to go out. It's going to take some resources for us to do it. It's going to take us having our priorities right. Amen. And you know what? We are taking our place. We are taking our place. In this financial arena, we are taking our place. We are going to exercise our dominion in this area. Just like we do when it comes to sickness and disease. Just like we do when it comes to sin. You see, God wants us to see poverty just like we see sickness. Just like we see sin. They are works of the devil. And there's nothing good about them. And they have been defeated. And now we have authority over these things. Are you listening? Now, in this area about authority, in the area of finances, there are three things we need to do. Are you hearing me? Three things we need to do when it comes to getting our needs met or getting our wants supplied. Three things in using our authority in the area of finances. Number one is this. Claim whatever you need or want. You can claim it. Why can't you claim it? Because it was made for us in the first place. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to our father. The gold and the silver belong to him. He gave Adam dominion over the works of his hands. He didn't put all that wealth here because of the devil and his children. He put it here because of his man, Adam. Adam sold out to the devil. But Jesus now came 
and broke the power of the devil over us and delivered us and drew us to himself and gave us the use of his name, gave us the authority to use his name. In John 14, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That word for ask is aetio. It means to demand as your right or privilege. You see, prosperity is your right. It's your privilege. Your needs being met is your right. It's your privilege. Your wants being supplied, it's your right. It's your privilege. It belongs to us because of the finished work of redemption. Amen. You see, we are heirs of God and he owns everything. And we are his heirs. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 1, from verse 1, the Bible says, God, who at Sunday times and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. It says, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself touched our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, Amen. You see, he sat down. Why? Because he has completed the work. Why? Because the devil has been defeated. Why? Because the authority has been delegated back to the church. Amen. So, whatever you need or want, number one, claim it in the name of Jesus. You can. You can. Because it's the devil trying to keep it from you. So, demand your right. Now, of course, we understand that faith grows, right? So you don't want to start by trying to claim one billion dollars. I'm not sure you need that right now. You know? Start where you are at. When I got a hold of this, I got a hold of this in the 80s. Remember 1989. The first time I exercised my faith for finances, it was 130 naira. 10 naira notes then were red. I remember. I needed that money for something. I got it actually within 24 hours. I did just what I'm telling you. 139 then was a lot of money. A lot of money. I needed it. What did I do? Three things, just like I'm telling you from God's word. Number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. You see, many times, the way we pray for money is not really so right. Praying, oh God, send me money. The truth is that God doesn't have Naira in heaven. What is he going to use it for there? They're not buying stuff with Naira there. He doesn't have dollars in heaven. He doesn't have euro in heaven. He doesn't have pounds in heaven. He doesn't have those. That's not the currency they use there. They don't use that stuff. So the money we need is not in heaven. It's here on earth. It's here on earth. But there is a system. There is an intelligence. There is a force. A devilish force that wants to keep it from coming to you. Amen. So that's why you can claim what you need in the name of Jesus. And then secondly, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. Because he's the one putting his hands on it and trying to keep it from coming to you. So number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And then number three, before I mention number three, I want us to look at a few scriptures. 
Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. I've given two out of the three things. When it comes to exercising our authority in the area of finances, I'm about to give the third one. Psalm 103. In verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So angels, we see here, the excelling strength, right? One, you know, when Sennacherib came against Judah, and um, Hezekiah prayed, and Isaiah told him that, look, don't be afraid. God is going to sort that thing out. One angel in one night slew 185,000 people. Yeah, they show excelling strength. Don't you think so? They do. In one night, one angel, 185,000 people. Yeah. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments. So they do God's commandments. And the Bible says, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So part of God's commandment is that we prosper, right? And those angels, they do God's commandments. God said in his word, beloved, 3 John 2, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. See, angels have more to do with life than we think they do. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 18, talking about the little children, that their angels are ever before the face of his father. You know, you don't lose your angels because you grow up. Yeah, it's not only children that have angels. I do. Well, I'm a child of God too. <laughs> are you listening? Let's look at another scripture. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I read from verse 13. It says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? What's the next word? What's the next word after minister? For. Sent forth to minister for. Sent forth to minister for. Now, does it say they are sent forth to minister to? It says they are sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. Now, that's talking about us, right? And it says that, verse 13 says, is angels. And then it now says that those angels are ministering spirits and that they are sent forth to minister for us. To minister for us. Now, you've ever been to a restaurant before? Can I see your hand? Or a buka? Yeah. And then, let's say it was one of those, you know, there are some places, there's one in Yao, your place in this Abuja. If you go there, you carry your plate in your hand. Yeah. I'm not talking about places where you carry your plate and you queue to buy food, you know? That may be fine if, because they have so many people to attend to. But I'm saying, many places, right, you go, you sit down. Then, the waiter or the waitress comes and they bring a menu, you know? And then they ask you, they show you the menu, what do you want? What is that person doing? He's waiting on you. That person is ministering for you. Now, if someone is sent to minister to me, right? The person that sent the person is the person who gives the orders. If someone is sent to minister to me, then the person who sent him to minister to me 
tells him what to do. So he gets to me and just delivers what he was sent to do, right? But if someone is sent to minister for me, then the person goes and comes to me and gives me the menu and he asks for my order and is waiting for me to place my order. You see, some people's angels are frustrated because they have been waiting for you to place your order. And some people are not placing order. In actual fact, some people are binding their angels. You know, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Some people are bound their angels. You know how? They keep saying, you know, there's no money here. You know, this economy is so bad. You know, you know, you, you know, you know I'm, I'm broke. You know, that's how they talk. That's how some people talk. And when they say that, those angels just look at themselves. Say, what's wrong with this guy? When will he, know, when will he wake up? I'm sent to minister for him. He won't let me do my work. I have a whole lot of stuff. I can get to come his way. But I can't. I can't influence people on his behalf because he's not allowing me to. See, Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men, 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 men. You see, men, some of the things you need are in the hands of men. Now, relationships are important. Walking in love being respectful, being polite. We'll get into some of those things subsequently. But you see, the devil influences men, right? Sometimes even Christians, chiefly unbelievers. But you see, God, through his angels too, wants to influence men. And that's my third point. Say, go, ministering spirits, and cost the money to come. That's what to do. So number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And then number three, say go ministering spirits and cost the money to come. E.W. Kenyon said the Lord gave him that revelation. I read it in one of his books in his presence. He talked about it. Brother Higgins said the Lord spoke to him the exact same thing. Of course, it's the same person that gave them. And it's the same thing. It lines up his word. You see, we have authority in the area of finances that we are not using. We have authority in this area that we are not taking advantage of. There are resources that God wants to bring our way. I needed that 130 naira. I claimed it in the name of Jesus. I told the devil, take your hands off of it. Then I said, go ministry spirits and cause the money to come. Well, by the next day, the money showed up. Amen. Remember one time I needed shoes, black shoes. They said that I wasn't going to buy my money. I was going to use my faith. This was many years ago. Many years ago. I think I was in, in 100 level or 200 level in university. So I claimed it. Did the same thing. Well, I got three black shoes. Yeah. I, I think those angels walked, ex they walked extra. <laughs> Amen. You know, Angels can influence people on your behalf. Somebody can just go and say, you know, I was just thinking about you. And when I was thinking about you, I was just thinking about my checkbook at the same time. And I was just thinking, maybe I can be good to this person. And then as I was just thinking, I can be good to him. I just was hearing five million, five million, five million, you know. And, you know, I was, and as I was just thinking about it, I just looked and I saw my pen. And I saw that my checkbook was close by. You know, angels can do things like that. You have been, you, you've applied for a job. 
Somebody may just not be able to sleep in the night because they just say, no, you are the one that must get it. You are the one that must get it. You are the one that must get it. You know, some files get missing and they are just lost in transit and you can't find them. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.